Welcome to the teaching ministry of Steve Franklin. Steve's calling is to coach champions in the kingdom of God. Our prayer for you as you listen to this word of encouragement and instruction is that you'll be built up in your faith and encouraged to take the next step in your development as one of God's true champions. Here's Steve. You know that Philippi was uh, not the first place that Paul and Silas thought they were going. Luke then joined them. They had planned to go other places and the Lord interrupted them and sent them to the colony of Macedonia into a city named Philippi and there they found not what they were expecting. They found a group of ladies who were having prayer meetings and Bible studies and Old Testament scriptures beside a river. There the Lord opened the heart of one of those businesswomen named Lydia. God began to form a church out of the first convert there, a businesswoman named Lydia. Then we know that uh, there was a, a deliverance from demonic spirits by a young lady who was selling, uh, telling fortunes for the profit of evil men. Paul and Silas was put in jail. God sent an earthquake, rescued them, and out of the context of that saved a, a pagan Roman soldier and his whole household. What an amazing Thing that God did to start his church in Philippi. Can I tell you something? Whenever God wants to do something, he usually doesn't do it the way you think he would want to. And sometimes the Lord has to tear down our own plans to establish his. That's not comfortable. It's very painful. But he's up to something that we can't see that is far more powerful. I can tell you story after story of my plans getting blown to smithereens, as the saying goes, only to see a plan working uh, inevitably for God's good and His glory. Book of Philippians. And uh, last time we, we focused on verse 19, where Paul uh, talks about, in, about the, the struggle he was having, wanting to go be with Jesus, which he says is far better. Don't ever forget that. Don't ever forget that this world, we have the wrong concept. We tend to think, oh, if somebody, uh, even believers, if somebody in the Lord dies, it is uh, tragic. Well, it is to us, but from an eternal perspective, Paul says it's gain to them. And let us never forget that for those who are in Christ, we ought to always measure our response and our own pain, not by just what we've lost, that's painful, but what they have gained, what they have gained. The, um, the, Paul said the reason I'm still here is because I have an assignment to minister to you and to other people. I don't know if you've ever been in such pain that you desired and asked the Lord to let you go be with him. I've been there and done that, and the Lord and I am by no means comparing myself with the apostle, but the Lord made it clear to me I was to stay and uh, until he was ready and it wasn't his time. You can get in that level of pain when life runs over you to that, that, that point, and don't think you can't. The the powerful, passionate cry of Paul is, 
to me to live is Christ. Whether I live or die, I belong to Christ. He said, it's far better to go on and be with him, but I am assured that I have an assignment to stay here and help you. Amen. So I want us to begin now with verse 27. That's where we left off last time. Um, Only let your conduct be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or I am absent, I may hear of your affairs, that you stand fast in one spirit, with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. I pray that over the partners of this ministry every day, for the unity of the body. And not in any way terrified by your adversaries. An adversary is something that comes against you, and a lot of times it's in the personage of a, a human being. Not in any way terrified by your adversaries. Can I ask you something? What are your adversaries today? Whatever those adversaries are and however looming they are, the Word of God says that we should have a relationship with the Lord that we're not terrified by our adversaries. Do you have to feel it and know it and deal with it? Yeah. But the Lord doesn't want us to be in a place of being terrorized by our adversaries. How many of you know that this word adversary is used in First uh, Peter 5 where it says your adversary, the devil, is roaming about looking for someone that he may devour. We have an adversary and that adversary has um, legions of helpers that become adversarial to us, which to them, to your adversaries, is a proof of perdition that they are lost, they are defiled, and on their way to destruction. Perdition has to do with destruction. But to you, it is of salvation and that from God. When you are being attacked by adversaries, that is one of the ways you are proven that you belong to your God. Now, that's not popular preaching, but that's the Word of God. Here's where we are today, verse 29. This is not a passage that anybody would, I didn't even advertise this to you because you might have stayed away. For to you, verse 29, it has been granted, it's a gift, a grant is a gift. It has been granted on behalf of Christ. Is Jesus Christ your Lord? It has been granted to you on behalf of Christ, not only to believe in Him, but also to suffer for Him his sake. Wow. How many of you grew up when, when somebody was calling on uh, the, the church or a group to recite their favorite verse, recited this one? It has been granted to you on behalf of Christ, not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for his sake. Over and over again, we have heard the gospel call of the Lord Jesus. And that is, if any man wants to follow me, let him take up his cross, deny himself, and follow me. But somehow that message is getting washed over and diluted today. It has been granted to us on behalf of Christ, a gift, a grant, not only to believe in him, but to suffer for his sake, having the same conflict 
which you saw in me and now here to be in me. What was that conflict? Um, verse 22. Verse 23, I'm sorry. I am hard pressed between the two, going to be with the Lord and staying here and serving. Paul was torn up inside, wanting to go on, but having an assignment to stay and minister. It was a conflict. What I'm trying to tell you from the Word of God here is that there is a purpose and a power of suffering that God has ordained. It is a pain that is associated with identifying with and obeying Jesus Christ. Pastor, are you telling me it's painful to be a follower of Christ? Of course it is. It's not all fun and games. We're going to go into some ways that it's painful. And what the Lord's purpose in that suffering is, it's inevitable. I want us to, we've seen Philippians 1, 29, that God has ordained it. Hold your place right there and go over to 2 Timothy chapter 2. Hold your place. We're coming back. 2 Timothy chapter 3, I'm sorry. 2 Timothy chapter 3. Verse 12, are you there? Yes, and all. How many's all? Who's left out of all? And all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. Wow. Now, don't misunderstand. Not all suffering is, is righteous suffering. A lot of suffering is self-inflicted. It's a matter of reaping, sowing and reaping. If I sow dishonor to the Lord and rebellion and, and addictive life patterns, and, and I, I'm going to reap a crop uh, of suffering that is self-inflicted. Some suffering is because we live in a fallen world. It never ceases to amaze me, Joe, how many people blame God for a lot of the suffering they're going through when it's the fact that, folks, this is a fallen world full of germs and viruses and bad bacteria and, and disorder and people's hearts and minds being out of order. Stop blaming God for the disorder that's in a fallen world. The Lord didn't come to condemn the world. He came that the world through Christ might be saved. So there's suffering that is in this world that's because we're in a fallen world. We're never going to figure all that out, but a lot of the, the suffering in the world can actually be from the enemy as well. He has come into this world to steal, kill, and destroy. You think there might be some suffering involved in stealing, killing, and destroying? That's the enemy's agenda. Well, Pastor, I know that there's all kind of stealing, killing, and destroying. And, you know, uh, don't, don't brush with such a wide brush that you blame everything on the devil. 
And, and don't get into that other side of the ditch where you don't give the blame to the devil for anything. There's a ditch on both sides. This is kind of interesting at one occasion where Jesus had him. This was not every time he met somebody who was sick by any means. But there was an occasion in Luke 13 where Jesus saw a woman who was bent over double. She couldn't stand up straight and couldn't for years and years and years. And uh, all the religious leaders were looking around ready to condemn him because it was the Sabbath day. And under their belief system, you couldn't even do a miracle on the Sabbath day because that was a work. That's how far off they were. And Jesus looked at them and said, Should not this daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has bound, be relieved and released from her infirmity? Sometimes suffering is caused by the evil one and an attack of the devil. In Western culture, we don't see that very much, but you can't miss it when you read the Word of God. Not all suffering is righteous suffering. God is preparing an eternal family, and in this short little breath of life on this earth, there's suffering. Well, but you see, there's a difference in suffering and suffering for Christ's sake. What would be some ways that there is suffering for Christ's sake? Well, obviously, there are frontal attacks. There are those times when you are attacked because of your relationship with Christ and your willingness to live like it, to speak like it, to choose like it. I don't know that I've ever seen a time in my lifetime that there has been such a vitriolic, poisonous atmosphere in our whole culture where to stand for the things of the Word of God is going to bring accusations of being a terrorist or a hater. Uh, there's some suffering there for what you've chosen to believe and who you choose to follow. We don't get a pass. We, don't be, we are not allowed to interpret the Bible with whatever choice we have as to being what is in bounds and out of bounds. That's not a prerogative we have. And there are attacks for your faith. There's anger that gets poured out sometimes because of how you act in the Lord if you're truly following Jesus. Sometimes there are those who will try to control and manipulate you, just shut you up. I have a saying um, have you ever been in a room and you thought it was just absolutely, absolutely wonderful, only to come in one night, turn the lights on, and see some roaches running across the floor? Not a, not a nice feeling. Not warm and fuzzy at all. How many of you know sometimes, because you know the light of this world, sometimes when you get in the presence of of darkness it exposes the motives of darkness and the carriers of darkness get uncomfortable so don't be surprised that if you are following the Lord of light 
Darkness doesn't want to stick around sometimes. Don't take it personally. Just pray and recommit yourself to the Lord of light. Amen. So there are frontal attacks. Um, and, and sometimes there's just suffering that is legitimate, but it's, and I'm not going to go into the passage there in 2 Corinthians, but Paul lists there, if you want to study it later on, verses 8 and 9, all kinds of things uh, that were uncomfortable and they're painful because of the testimony of the Lord. Sometimes suffering for Christ's sake is really subtle. And that is you don't see the attack coming. You don't know that there's somebody close to you that you think is on your side but is really not. Sometimes, and boy, those are the painful times. My goodness, they hurt. 2 Corinthians eleven fourteen says that even Satan comes as an angel of light. But Jesus said in John 8, 44, he is a liar and the father of lies. So don't be surprised that sometimes your suffering has to do with those who you thought were with you who turned out when the, shake, when the shaking going on. And don't, listen, sometimes you ought to listen to Dr. Tony Evans' message on the internet called God is Shaking Things Up. Tony and I went to the same school and around the same time. You ought to listen to that message by Dr. Tony Evans out of Dallas. God is shaking things up. There are subtle attacks when you discover that you thought somebody was on your side, but you are really have become a target of their attacks. I know many of you have run businesses and, and schools and teams and ministries where you thought somebody was really on your side only to find out that not only were they not on your side, but you have become a target of their poison. That hurts. That's suffering. There's also internal persecution. You know, we don't think about suffering for Jesus' sake on this one. But I want you to remember Galatians 5, 16 and 17, and it says this, the flesh persecutes the spirit. What's the flesh? Those old patterns of thinking, speaking, and behaving. Pre-born again but not nailed to the cross of Christ in our own affirmation. It's been done in history and time and space, but we don't live that way. So that operation of the flesh in me is persecuting, it is fighting against the Holy Spirit and His control in my life. The flesh persecutes the Spirit, dismisses the Spirit, aggravates the and the word says they cannot get in agreement the spirit and the flesh will never agree and what happens is so many times it's a lot easier just to give into the flesh to do whatever and, and i'm going to tell you if you look at the galatians 5 uh, list of the works of the flesh it is not pretty But we are all capable of living that way, even as born-again believers, if we don't, by faith, 
make a daily choice to walk by the Spirit under the control and direction of the Spirit of God. But what I found is a lot of Christians don't understand that when you're, when you're walking with the Spirit of God, sometimes it is pure suffering to make the choices to obey Jesus instead of what your flesh is trying to get you to do. It's not easy. The flesh always wants you to be satisfied with something inferior to what the Spirit is calling you to. Always. If you don't believe this is true, have you never had opposition to your time of study and worship and prayer? Can you say every day? Well, there's four of us. But I'm telling you, the flesh works, persecutes, dismit, does everything it can do to keep you from walking by the Spirit. There's suffering involved in that to choose by the Spirit's power, yes, Lord, I will obey you and not go down that path. Don't you just want to light somebody up sometimes? Pastor, I can't believe you're talking. Yes, you can. You know what I'm talking about. The flesh will say, man, you got to do this. You got to do that. You got to stand up for you. You know, one of the best ways to stand up for yourself is to choose to obey the Spirit of God. He's got all the strength and power you need. The flesh will run over you. Amen. And you don't have to be disrespected by someone on a continual basis but the key is whether or not internally you submit to somebody's control and manipulation. That's not pleasing to the Lord. Stand up in Jesus who you are. You know, one of the greatest ways, one of the greatest ways to stand up for that which is right and to walk by the Spirit is to, is to submit yourself to the Lord and His control in whatever situation you're in. Now, when you blow it, admit you blew it. You're not infallible. None of us are. God will promote you if you'll humble yourself. But He'll bring resistance to you if you, in arrogance, demand being right all the time. You can win arguments and lose people. You do know that, don't you? Spirit of God is in a fight in our inner man, the flesh and the spirit. Well, we're talking about ways that we suffer for the Lord's sake. But you see, the, the, highest, the highest blessing of suffering is redemptive suffering. That's when you suffer for the benefit of somebody else. When you could just blow them away, but you choose to love and pray for them in your pain. Hallelujah. Suffering for the benefit of somebody else is powerful. See, that's what Jesus did for you. He was right all the time. But he suffered for your sake and mine. It's pain that is caused by somebody else's actions or words or absence. But we choose to endure it in such a way that the Lord can use it to bring long-term 
resolution. When you choose to submit to suffering because of somebody else, when you get up in the middle of the night, when you can't think about anything else but prayer because you love and you're so concerned about somebody who's hurt you, when you're willing to go before the Lord and forgive them, there is redemptive suffering there. Because then you release them over to the Lord. If you're still wanting them to be destroyed, you've got them in your grip. You've got to release them to the Lord and let Him do what only He can do anyway. It's redemptive suffering. It hurts. But it's, it is endured on, for the benefit of somebody else. That is redemptive. That has a power behind it that God will use. Just give him time. He'll use it. God will use your suffering if it's for Christ's sake to have every opportunity to bring long-term resolution. You know, why should we be surprised by that? God is love, right? Does everybody know that verse? God is love. His primary character. We love that chapter, 1 Corinthians 13. We just don't read verse 4. Love suffers long. Check it out. It's there. Love suffers deep and long. Remember three weeks ago we went to 2 Corinthians 1-4 about the ministry where Paul said that he and his cohorts had despaired even of life. Everything came against them. They were in such a dark place. The Apostle Paul, who wrote 12 or 13 books of the New Testament, said, we despaired even of life. We didn't see any way we could go on another day. But the Lord, by the power of resurrection, that death we experienced to our own ability to fix it or to get out of it, the Lord, by His resurrection power, brought us out, brought us through. And then what did He say? You helped us through your prayers. God has chosen the vehicle of prayer from others on your behalf when you think it's over. What a powerful thing. What are the rewards of suffering for Christ's sake? Godly suffering. Well, James 1, verses 2 through 4 say, Count it all joy when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith develops endurance. And endurance, let it have its perfect result. And what's our Romans 5? That we glory in our tribulations, knowing that tribulation develops endurance, perseverance. Perseverance, proven character. Proven character, hope. Hope does not disappoint. We want the hope. We just don't want the tribulation. Right? Like I said, this is not going to be my favorite message. But there's an eternal reward 
The word says that through our suffering, there is a glory that is given to us when we identify with Jesus, when we suffer for his sake. I can't prove this. I can't prove this. But here's what I believe today. I believe sometimes godly suffering is knowing that God could have fixed it. But he chose a higher mission, a higher calling, a higher amount of glory he wanted to perform that caused us temporary suffering. Now that hurts. Been there. That hurts. But in that suffering, you can make a choice. You can submit to the Lord of heaven and the Lord of your life whom you don't understand at the moment or in the season. And what Dean and I found is in that suffering, there is a trust that is developed that is unshakable. That brings about fruit for the rest of your days. And when you decide to trust when you don't understand, you have no idea how many people will listen to you because they don't think you're some little robot that's never been through anything. Suffering for Christ's sake has value for the glory of God. It hurts. But God is working on something higher than that which is temporary. And if you can see it, it is subject to change. It develops greater intimacy with the Lord. Philippians 3.10, you remember that verse? Let's look at it real quickly. It says that we, and, and we all love the first part of it, verse 10, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. Who wouldn't want to know that? And the fellowship, the intimate, intimate fellowship of his sufferings. Can I tell you something? Something happens when you're in a place of suffering for Christ's sake. Something hap a new intimacy is developed between you and your Lord. Because you are now experiencing some of the things he experiences 24-7. How long has the Lord waited on you? I don't need to go there any further. I know that intimacy with the Lord is something he desires. And there's ultimate victory there. I'm going to read this passage to you in closing. 2 Timothy 2, 12. And once again, this one is not talked about very much. We died with him and we will live with him. If we endure, we shall also reign with him. Not just be in his presence, not just enter in, but have a position of authority with and in and under Christ. We shall also reign with him. If we deny him, he will deny us. If we are faithless, thank you, Lord, he remains faithful. He cannot deny himself. 
Wow. If we endure, we will also reign with him. Can I tell you something? This season that you're in of suffering right now is not going to last forever. God will change this season. By the power of the resurrected Lord, he will lift you up and out of the state you're in today. Regardless of what you see on the outside, the Lord is working something mighty on the inside. God has seen this day and he has seen this season you're in from eternity past. And he is already through the power of his resurrection has decided that you will come through this in a place of, of authority. In Jesus' name, you will come through this. It is a season. You will have scars, but they will be just like the scars of the Lamb. They will not run people away. They will draw people to the Lord. Those beautiful scars. Redemptive value on behalf of me, on behalf of you. There is coming an end to this season. God has ordained it. As sure as the resurrection, it will come to pass. Hallelujah. And I didn't desire, I didn't even plan or write down to say that, the Spirit of the Lord. Hallelujah. God is going to bring you through this season. He has already ordained. This pain you see today is not going to last forever. However difficult it seems, understand and decree with your own mouth in your heart that this, this mess belongs to the Lord, and He will rebuild what He desires to rebuild. He will restore that which is broken. God has heard the prayer that you have uttered in pain for those you love. They're kept in a, in a bowl before the throne of heaven. They have not been forgotten. Hallelujah. 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 I want you to bow your heads with me. And I want you to listen, Dina. Deborah has a song for us. And just, just stay in a spirit of prayer. For to me to live is Christ. To die is gain. But I want you to make a commitment right where you are. To submit yourself to the Lord in this season of suffering. As long as it's for Christ's sake. Commit it all, commit every situation in your body, in your soul, in your relationships, in your business. Commit every situation over to the Lord right now. And say, Lord, this is yours. If I could fix it, I would have already done it. I will obey you, but I will not be terrorized by that which has come against me. In whatever suffering that you allow for me to do, I will be honored by it because I'm yours. And to the extent that I can grow in a place of greater intimacy with you, I will give you praise. Just listen and pray together 
while the Spirit of God ministers to you as we close. no other life 
pray right now, Lord. I'm yours every situation of my life, even that which is causing me to suffer, is in your hands. I commit it to you as an act of my will by faith right now. The people, the problems, the business, all the circumstances and situations, the pain, you are my life. You are my life. Bring glory to yourself in and through me. Whether I live, I live to the Lord. Whether I die, I die to the Lord. Whether I live, therefore, or die, I am the Lord's. Would you just do that right now as an act of your will? For those of you who are suffering, for others, for Christ's sake, feels like a death, but I promise you there's a resurrection. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. You've been gracious to receive the Word of God today as you always are. It blesses me so much. We'll see you next week. Go with God. He's going with you. You can access more of Steve Franklin's teachings online at www.sfmin.com.